Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network will join PK from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. That's in about 25 minutes. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. For Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton from New York City. Chad is um, departing, well, we're both are, tomorrow morning, early. I'm going back to Nashville. I'll join Paul for 360 Friday edition. Chad is headed to Tampa, headed to a bachelor party. Yes, so many bachelor parties, uh, which is rare for a a man of my age right now. Um, My guys are slow to it, I guess. Um, (laughs) Or maybe just right on time, (laughs) who knows. But I've never been to Tampa, Hutton. It's my first trip. Uh, to Tampa. You'll so love it. Looking it's, forward to it. It's a cool spot, and uh, uh, he picked a good spot, especially for golf, which is what you're going. It, yeah. You won't be doing much of that, right? Well, look, no. I'm and in fact, I'm getting there after golf is. They're there now. They got gotcha. there this morning for golf. Tomorrow for golf. Uh, Saturday, I think we're all going to kind of hang out at this house that we rented. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to be there for any of the golf. This is one of those trips. That while I'm looking forward to celebrating uh, one uh-huh. of my one of my best friends, Ryan Dixon, I also um, wish that it was at a different time. Like I wish I could sp- you space these types of trips out, you know, not right on top of each other. If this could be a week from now, or two weeks from now, or a month from now, I would be looking forward to it even more. Not that I'm not looking forward to it, but I'd be looking forward to it a lot more. Paul is awaiting his mystery guest uh, to show up on the broadcast side. I will I, say that golf ties into the guest yes. with the putt off. So if you're familiar with the show, let me let me let me give this uh, just a quick preview of, of the mystery guest. Also, uh, it is someone that if you are familiar with our Nashville ties and our Nashville radio ties, you're going to be thrilled to hear from this person. And even if you're an out of towner <laughs> who never listened to us on Nashville radio, you are going to witness this human being and listen to what comes out of this person's mouth <laughs> and be astonished at what you're going to hear. Uh, from both a story standpoint and a confidence standpoint. This, this will not disappoint. Uh, we can guarantee that. We'll have that in just a moment. Um, I, I was astonished to hear Lovey Smith and Nick Casario answer a similar question in very different ways. Uh, Lovey Smith, the new head coach of the Houston Texans, on what his in-game headset relationship with general manager Nick Casario will be like. He was on with um, Pat McAfee earlier today. And here, here was his answer. It's a different year. I've never had the GM involved like that on game day. Don't plan on doing that part. We all have roles. We have a coaching staff I feel like can handle all of those situations on game day. And, of course, Nick is okay with that. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a very definitive statement from Lovey Smith. Yeah, and it, this is a man who has coached several different organizations uh, coach one to a Super Bowl. He's a football lifer, uh, but so is the coach he was replacing. So keep that in mind. Um, so literally hours before that answer, 
Nick Casario, keep in mind this is before that answer, Nick Casario was asked a similar question, and here's Casario. I think I'm always open to doing whatever is best for the team. I think some of the things that actually go on on the headset, a lot of it is just hearing the flow of the game. It's not making a recommendation. Call this play. Do this defense. Sometimes it's as simple as challenges. How should they handle challenges? Whether you're throwing a flag so your coordinators aren't worried about that, I'm open to doing whatever's best for the team. That sounds like a guy that's still going to be on headset, right? Yes. <laughs> well, it sounds like a guy who's trying to talk his way into remaining on headset by bargaining publicly with the coach that I promise I'm not going to try to call plays for you on offense or defense, but let me be the challenge guy. And for those... We'll start out as I'll be the challenge consultant yeah. and help with that just so I remain on headset. Well, he was doing... And we'll see where it goes from there. He was doing so much more than that with David Colley. You know, he was up top, and he would he was on headset with David Culley, and you know the reports were, and they they talked about this openly. Um, yeah, they, he gives rec- recommendations, uh, you know, game situations, um, rule book things, when to challenge. So, Lovey well, Lovey Smith doesn't sound like a coach that's going to want a general manager talking in his ear. No, and David Coley, Lovey Smith, um, two very different resumes. David Coley, you mentioned a lifer in football in the NFL, never had been a head coach right. taking that job. Lovey Smith has taken a team to the Super Bowl. It hasn't all been success for Lovey Smith, especially in college when he was in Illinois, but he's got that track record as a head coach. So I think what he says about not having the GM on mic and a headset in there it carries a little bit more weight. And lastly, Nick Casario seems like a guy that if you give him an inch, he will take the mile. Yeah, And if you give him access to that microphone and headset – it may start out as I'm just going to help consult on challenges, and before you know it, he's telling you when to blitz on second down. That's what it's going to grow to, and I think Lovey Smith probably knows that. Uh, coaches want to sink or swim by their own decision-making. Yes. Right? You're, you're the head coach, not the guy that's up in the booth, although that guy is ahead of you in the pecking order. Well, and I, I love how Lovey Smith said it. We all have our roles. He's not saying I'm Nick right. Casario's boss or yeah, anything not, like that. He's saying he's not your role goes up until game day, and then once the game starts and kicks off, I'm the head coach of the team, so you can sit in the box and, and watch at that point and take notes. But that should be the role of the GM versus the role of the head coach, which most would agree with. We all agree that uh, the next guest, um, well, both guests, we've got Cynthia Freeland coming up in about 15 to 20 minutes from NFL Network at the Combine. And sitting down with Paul right now, um, a man who once lost a jacket at coat check, tra meaning three, was uttered from this man's um, uh, mouth. Um, he has been banned on Twitter. Absinthe, he knows the full history of absinthe, even though he hates licorice. And let's just say, Chad, the stories we are about to hear as a group, we will hear but still won't believe. And with more... Here's Paul Koharski at Indianapolis. Kirby, you were very difficult to book. Difficult? Well, we were texting. That was hilarious. We were texting the time, and obviously you were struggling. I was saying 115, did you mean... uh, Central or Eastern. uh, Central or Eastern, and you were saying 11. I was and, in the, and it was well after 11. Yes. It was difficult for me to it interview the, you at 11, considering the fact that it was 1. I was in the process of testing back and forth with Laura at home about last night and the temperatures and so forth. When you interjected, and it was a time, and it threw me, 
And it wasn't until I saw where you had put dude, it's it's, it's whatever the hell time it was, and I realized, wait a minute, she doesn't refer to me as dude, and it was you. Um, he just walked away, Tyler. Yeah. So it would be better if uh, I'm not sorry. That's not Tyler. I just butchered that. That's Corey. Okay. I have Tyler on my mind, who's back in the studio. All right. This is Corey's setup. Could you evaluate, uh, please, our our setup? You've got a lot of gear. Um, can't, what are you, Go ahead, you improve, of, improve yeah. our setup. Well, I can't improve it. No, I, just I don't, the no, visually, I, what's wrong with the way there's we're nothing doing visual. I'm impressed with your backdrop and your two pull-ups. Those look good. Those are new, um, or at least to me. Your lighting system looks good. I see his little mixer over there with, for the headphones and so forth. The camera and everything. Um, I don't know what you could improve. Come on. Maybe context, your appearance, perhaps. My I don't know. Appearance. Maybe you should shave for the show. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like to shave too frequently. Um, when you look back to our, our famous conversation in the Uber, coming back from the museum in Houston, where we talked about yeah, your the trolobite, that's one. The lost jacket, where did we lose the jacket? That was in Atlanta at the aquarium. In Atlanta at the aquarium, you lost the jacket where, to the point where I had to go the find jacket it. people sent you into the jackets to go find your jacket. And then she. And then we had a big drinking night with a whole bunch of us where you ran through a slew of inappropriate accents. Which was your favorite moment? The absinthe night with the accent. Oh, I didn't even get to the absinthe. That was the That's same night as the accent. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, that the, was in Buckhead. The original absinthe night, I'll get to. Rank but, these, these but, three nights, which was the best? Because I have a clear number one in my head. Oh, it was the, it was the accents. Oh, it was the accents. Oh, accent. yeah, that, that night was it's wild. It's funny he says that was the accents because that's when you were really the star of the show well, rather than a complimentary piece. So you like it when you were like no, the it was, star that of the was, show. You that know there's was, a secret tape of that night I'm that sure, could get oh, you jailed. Nah, I don't know about jailed. Uh, there's a portion of the Eastern Front would probably want to <laughs> cancel me. But that was the first time that I said to hell with it. I'm going to have as much fun as they are. I let my hair down and, and had a few beverages. More than just babysitting everybody, and, and absence will go to your head in a hurry. And that whoever or whatever that cocktail he was creating with that was right on the spot. That was good. The the Uber drive in Houston was the best, where you bought the rock at the museum, and then you said trollabite, tra, meeting as three. in three. Yeah, yeah, that was trying to be funny. We uh, that probably exists out there somewhere. Now absinthe, you were we we were going. <laughs> To New Orleans, you were very fired up about uh, having the drink. Oh, we that was... get to the old absinthe house. You get your drink, you taste it, and you say, "I hate licorice." I do. Now, do you all of this study you had done about absinthe? No, it never came across to you that it was going to taste like licorice. Nope. I've had ouzo. <laughs> I've had ouzo and a few other beverages that had the licorice base flavor to it, which I don't care for. Um, had never anywhere read anything about their licorice flavoring <laughs> in <laughs> absinthe. It's and, not been read about. It's and, a and the woman that that prepared the beverage 
She shortcutted it. It's it's allowed the ice water to drip. She's at the old absinthe house, which right. is like older than the, 1812. the country. Eighteen twelve. John Lafitte's absinthe yeah. house, yeah. ye old absinthe house in New Orleans. Yep. But the woman who who's hired to work there, she prepared the drink incorrectly. Well, well, she had no time for it, so she sets the glass down. She throws. Well, the, she have other more important clients. I have no idea, but she you know you put the spoon on, you let the water drip over the sugar cube, the oxygen and so forth. She the oxygen like, and so forth. It, it releases the stuff in the drink. She, like, four or five seconds into the drip, just flips the spoon over, crushes the thing, and stirs it, which it, it tasted horrible. What, when I eavesdropped on your conversation about uh, grilling the perfect brat... Oh, at the fellow's house over at the uh, fellow's Old Hickory. House. And, yeah, yes. in, and in then Gallatin. when I, I did it again, you were so blind to my skill at eavesdropping and recording it, these. I did it again at the fried bologna conversation Andy, in Hutton's garage. The, the which, smoked bologna. Which were, yeah, which were you more expert at, the, the perfect brat or the fried bologna? Well, I like fried bologna. Smoked bologna was what his neighbor was preparing smoked, for us. not fried. On a grill. And uh, bratwurst by far. I mean, I've been eating bratwurst since I was old enough to say, that's what I want to eat. So when I recorded you being expert about this, then we played it on the air. As we played it, were you were you proud? Was there any shame? No. What were your emotions? No, I was laughing because you were so funny on what, and not to bust your bubble. This was but no, but this is brilliant radio. There's no it, busting my bubble. Anytime Classic. you are socially discussing anything away from the show with me. I know that something is recording somewhere <laughs> on your person. That's total BS. You, slot, you sidle up like Elaine on, on the Seinfeld show, and you're asking pertinent questions like you're very interested, and I know right then that something yeah. is up. He discovered it after I did it a few times, but the first few times he had no idea, and it was classic. Boys, you'll confirm that. Final question. Sure. How is your art career at this time? We know you've done lovely paintings in the past. What uh, What's your current project? What have you been doing? Well, lately? thanks to uh, the dog, thanks to the the piece I did for uh, Barbie for uh, for David Reed. For Reed, yeah, thank you, you Reed. dear God. No, He's it's like I'm brain dead. Now my ex wife wants me to do a painting uh, for her housekeeper's pet. So um, I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's slow down great. a second. Let's revisit that. Anyway. His ex-wife is commissioning him to do a painting of her housekeeper's pet. A friend of hers that does some work over there. Um, and she what, has what, what sort of pet? He's like a golden lab, a yellow lab. Yellow lab. Not, um, anyway. How big? Like, I'm, I want oh, super 80 big. 80 pounds. No, not the dog, the painting. Oh, I'll do it something like a 16 by 14 or something like that. She doesn't want anything too big. How and, much money will you get for this? Or is this a... I don't a, I doubt if I get a nickel for it, but kind of like the last one. But um, I've got the the photographs and stuff, but it's like, you know, we still haven't completely rebuilt the shop. I mean, it's it's built, but everything's just stored in there. We're still dealing with that, so I'm trying to get to that, but uh, yeah, I... I really have time. To. How many cigarettes today? My my nose says. I just said, I smoked uh, one about five minutes ago. No. At least a pack. Four, five, twelve. Two, no, two on the walk over. Two on the walk over. One during each break after the top of the hour. So five. How have we done finding Pepsi? Pepsi in this city has disappeared. I don't know why. We're in the Midwest. It's the number one beverage, or always was in the Midwest. <laughs> number one. Statistics. Never had any trouble coming up here before and, you know, obtaining a Pepsi. But this trip, everything is that other beverage that's dressed in red and very woke, and I will not drink that. And so um, it's been a little bit dis disheartening. 
Kirby Allen Kirby, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know him. If you didn't know him, and for the old timers, I hope you've enjoyed a, a new visit. Um, he's a piece of work. Back to you. Thank, thank you, Paul, and thank you, Kirby. Kirby piece, Allen Kirby. Piece of work doesn't properly sum it up. That was a, a beautiful job of, of Paul with Kirby. Uh, I love the, he says, my nose says a, a pack <laughs> as he sits next to Kirby, the, and uh, Kirby a big smoker. Two quick things. The, the pure joy on Paul's face while conducting that interview of Kirby brings a smile to my face. I, I love that man, Kirby, Alan Kirby. Genuinely love the guy. Me too. Uh, full of stories and answers for any question. Um, and the, the story that we can add on that happened while we were out in Los Angeles, we were out with Clay and Matt Leinert and Kirby. And as we sit here right now, only the people until this moment, only the people in the circle I just mentioned know that that man's name is not Jimmy Iovine. Because where we went, everywhere, they thought Kirby was Jimmy Ivey because he's wearing the hat with this sports coat and a polo shirt and jeans. So Adam Brown, who's working on our production assistant today, I, I know is hearing this, and I bet he's already at work on this. If he can get a split screenshot <laughs> of Kirby and record mobile, uh, mogul producer Jimmy Ivey yes. side by side, you'll see what we're talking about. But picture going to an exclusive event where Jamie Foxx is DJing a party, <laughs> and you walk in with Matt Leinart only because our friend and boss at OutKick, Clay Travis, has worked with Matt Leinart <laughs> and knows him well. So we are in the Leinart party, walking up to VIP, and hanging out with Matt Leinart, and Matt Leinart allowing Kirby, the man you just witnessed on screen or heard, to go stand next to him in the VIP section. And Matt Leinart is doing so because he believes Kirby to be Jimmy Iovine the entire time. And we have not broken the news yet to Leinart or anyone in his party that it was, in fact, not record mogul Jimmy Iovine. That is one of my all-time favorite stories that we just told for the first time right here. Oh, uh, great to see and hear from Kirby Allen. Kirby. And, hey, for those hearing from Kirby for the first time, I echo what you said, Hutton. absolutely love the guy. It is 100% real. He is 100% authentic, and he will give you an energetic and confident answer to anything like you just heard. And he believes it. Whether right or wrong, he believes everything he's saying. I love the man. He hates water and loves soda. Yes. And that is only where things start. In fact, that same night, he was accidentally given water from a waiter, and he took a sip of the water and spit it out and said, ooh, gross, I can't stand water. True story. The man doesn't drink water. And he's now he's being commissioned to produce some artwork by his ex-wife for the, uh, the maid, the housekeeper. Outstanding. Coming up, Cynthia Freeland will join us from NFL Network. We'll head back to Indianapolis. More coverage from the NFL Combine next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Handful of headlines. Outkick 360 rolls on. Out of the NFL, uh, 
Cardinals wide receiver Andy Isabella, who, I mean, I, we haven't talked about him in years. He wants to be traded. <laughs> He's with the Cardinals. Well, maybe uh, that's why he wants to get traded. <laughs> and it's not just Kyler Murray um, who, who wants out. Uh, he had just he caught just one pass for 13 yards last season. Andy Isabella saying, you haven't heard from me in years, and I'm ready for that to change. So yep. I want to be traded. Time for me to get traded so I can be a topic of conversation once again. Melvin Gordon, uh, former Charger and uh, Bronco, he wants to tell the Broncos he's not leaving. He wants to remain in Denver in that backfield. The quote was, I have been wanting to come back. I would love to win a championship in Denver. I made a lot of great relationships with the guys. I feel like we have a really good team. Of course, they're going to be negotiating with him. Um, There's a lot of running back options. So I'm not anticipating a big-time contract uh, for Melvin Gordon. And the Giants have released tight end Kyle Rudolph. Um, And they also cut running back Devontae Booker to make room on the open market whenever free agency begins. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We're headed back to the NFL Combine. Paul Kuharski standing by with NFL Network analyst Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, thank you so much for squeezing me in. I wasn't on your schedule. Used to be I could just send you a text and get in, but you're so big now. You can you have always, a scheduler. You can always send me a text and get in. Always. But you have you, a scheduler. I, I mean, that's because this is the NFL. This is our, you know, this NFL Network's thing, you know? Like, she, she, she's very <laughs> articulate, but there she's stuttering and uh, <laughs> bobbling, and you don't know how to handle having a handle. I appreciate, the, I appreciate that, but I, it's, it's, it is what it is, right? Who's the player you're most excited to see, hear, or learn about? You know, I'm really interested in this wide receiver class. I know that a lot of people talk about the edge rushers. It's a good edge rushing class, et cetera. But when I look at these wide receivers, there's so many different styles and fits, and they all didn't run the entire route tree. So I'm like, I want to know why. Like, is it because they couldn't or they weren't asked to? Or what, what, what's the reason why? Like, are they, So I'm looking at these wide receivers because I think that they're some of the bigger difference makers for the teams that could potentially kind of map to where they're going to be able to get them without moving too much. Obviously, quarterbacks are always interesting. But, what's the eh. most frequent answer that you get? And I know you haven't gotten it on a lot of guys, but you've probably done this before, too, to that route tweak tree question and do you get a candid answer on guys who couldn't run the whole route tree i have before and those guys are my favorite because they're like they and they end up actually being better in the pros if they're honest about it because if they say sometimes it is the limitation of their quarterbacks not every quarterback can throw deep passes very consistently it is that is the truth Right, so and, and sometimes they're like, I was having a hard time getting separation. I couldn't read when the safety was in certain coverages, and you're like, that is honest, and I appreciate that because then they can teach that out. Right, a good coach can teach that out. So, and oftentimes you'll get the canned like, either no one ever asked me to. It wasn't in our playbook. But the guys who are honest, you, and you can always tell when they're lying to you. <laughs> so how you do you them. generally apply analytics to stuff here? You're looking at doing it mostly. Um, to, to college film and what you see. I've overheard some of your discussions mm-hmm. here and you were talking, uh, or, or, and I've read some of your stuff. You're doing it also with restructures. Also, it's, it's not just a statistical no. football thing. Right. So the idea is to 
this is kind of like, you know, when we applied to college, we, like, take the SAT and then, just, like, make an essay and you have to, like, give them, like, this is kind of like, like, check the box sort of thing. As long as you're falling within acceptable ranges for things, it's not going to give evaluators a reason to go back and question what they already think about you. You, know, you want to question them in a good direction. Have a great interview. These are things I can't ever measure. Have a great interview. Be really fun on your, you know, be someone that the other guys are around and, like, have a good time. That That is all things that they are measuring that I can never capture. But I will say that if you're, if you're performing in these certain ranges, then you are going to reinforce what an evaluator thinks about you, right? And that is, that is great. If you're falling in the, in the acceptable range, in the positive way, then they're, they're just going to look at where your college film is. You already have it on tape anyways. This is just sort of a check the box, let's level set so we're all on the same page here and we can talk about the same things in an intelligible way. There's been a lot of talk about Trubisky. Um, so much. Who all of a sudden is <clears throat> like a Hottest hot commodity property, ever. Hot property. <laughs> which says a lot about um, the secondary or even tertiary options that are coming in the free agent market. Maybe says a lot about the quarterback class. Um, what, what kind of questions and theories and uh, analytics do you have on him? What do you expect in a third act? You know, the cool part is I did spend preseason with the Bills. And so I got a chance to see Trubisky, kind of how he is around the guys. I had never, you know, I, I wasn't in Chicago when he was there. And in UNC, I didn't have any tie to that program. So I didn't know. And it was interesting to see he had gravitas with the players. They all really like him. He was the first guy when they went in, we went to Chicago for preseason game two. He was the first guy to run over to Justin Fields and say, you know, congratulations, man. Like, what, like really, the, so the character stuff was really interesting. And maybe he's more like outgoing and gregarious than I had originally thought just based on observations. But when it comes to his skill, the skills there, he needed the opportunity in a system that fits for him. I mean, I think the Titans kind of know how second chances can work out and show how if you get the right fit and the right system, someone can really shine. And I think that that's how people are viewing Mitchell Trubisky because he does have the in, the intangibles that you need. It's just going to be about system, fit, teaching an opportunity to succeed in that in whatever environment he's in. I do think, I'm not going to lie, I think his price is going to be a little too high. I think he, if, if he's maybe, like, I'm, I know we're filming this, but if he's maybe, like, worth this, I think the price is up here because of the group think that we all get at she the She started combine. at her eyes and she went well over her head. Yeah, so I, I think what, I think essentially maybe he, good for him, go get that money, but he he might now be an overpay. You know, you like I, I'm Marcus a, Mariota in a similar light. I've got a lot of uh, feelings about him. I think, first off, he's get hurt quickly. Yeah. I think people say he has that moxie slash gravitas, but he doesn't. He, he, he's not a leader of men guy. I think Marcus Mariota is in like a really great spot for him because some people don't value a backup quarterback until your quarterback gets hurt. Ask the Eagles circa Nick Foles. But ultimately, that that's not a bad role. First of all, it's not a bad role to be in. I don't think there, there's a reason people aren't, you're not hearing Marcus Mariota being talked about in the same way as Mitchell Trubisky at all. Like, I, I haven't heard much about Mariota at all in this combine. I don't think anything. Maybe you're the first that's brought it up. But Trubisky, I've been, I've been getting stopped and asked about by teams. How much do you think he'll trade for? How much do you think, what do you think the contract's going to be? That's the number, probably the number one question about quarterbacks I've gotten, and that includes the draft prospects. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's do an aside. You're yeah. from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. <clears throat> you had a layover in Michigan, <laughs> and you tweeted about the inclination to go back Mom, to a Michigan cottage. accent. So I want to hear it. Mom, can we go to the cottage? It's bad. 
It's you had bad. A, did you have a cottage? We did. Everyone We're, in Michigan has a cottage. It's a lake cottage? Yeah, it's like a lake house. It's like a little dinghy house on a lake, and it's fun. How good was your lake? The lake was great. The, the cottage was not so great. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm tempted to, like, I'd like to go to a lake up yeah, there. Yeah, you should. Um, but go to, like, a good one, though. I go have to, like, trouble Petoskey. not going to place with waves. I'm a big waves guy. Lake Michigan up north has waves. It's just cold. I, I want to get thudded around by Got the it. waves. Okay. I, I want right. okay. ocean, ocean waves. Is that bad? <laughs> um, <clears throat> who are the best people to restructure? Uh, you wrote a couple stories about this, sure. AFC and NFC. Wentz was on, on your list yeah. of AFC. How much... If he stays, can they help themselves? Sunk costs, can't consider them. And I think if you look at Carson Wentz, if he is not the guy, they need to get rid of him. If, if that's The window in any of this is so small. Every team knows this, but, like, it's very small. If they don't like him, they could, they could cut bait entirely. Now, when I look to see about a restructure, to me, I think that's, for him, it's probably out of the question because I don't think his ego would allow for him not to be the starter. I just think that's not, that's not how these things work. But he work. doesn't have much say if they keep him. <clears throat> Correct. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, to me, it's. I think he should be paid around the 18th or 19th highest salary if you were to do, you right. know, because I think he ranks about quarterback 18 or 19. It's about average. A little below. Titans are stuck with the Ryan Tannehill salary. He's a good regular season quarterback. I had a, a bad year. The, the, the evidence is in after three playoff appearances that when it comes time for him to go win a game in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, Kansas City game wasn't really that. But Baltimore and Cincinnati back-to-back, mm-hmm. when push came to shove, he shrunk in the, in the moment. All of Nashville is uh, never united on anything. They are united on the fact that Ryan Tannehill is unlikely to take this game, team on a four-game playoff run where he gets hot and, and carries them. There's no obvious alternative to him, right. and there's no getting out from under the right. month. So I think this is the situation where you figure out a way to make it work. This is, first of all, you're not in the AFC. It is, you're not going to have easy games in the playoffs no matter what. Look at these quarterbacks. Look at the list of NFC, maybe you could like relocate to the NFC for yeah. one because NFC, especially if Aaron Rodgers leaves or if Kyler Murray somehow gets dealt, which isn't going to happen. But, you know, interestingly enough, it's going to be difficult no matter what. So I think this is the thing where you reinforce and reload. Figure out that secondary. Figure out all the pass-catching options that you need so that you can stop the pass and you can pass better. And figure out how to wait. Like, Derrick Henry being back will be huge. Figuratively and literally, both. But... I think you get that O-line in the right spot. Make all of the other things work so that you can... It's never just one player. It's ne- you're, you're never just Mike one Vrabel player. Mike Vrabel just took the seat here. That's my favorite line of his. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I am Mike Vrabel. Did, did you not know that? No. Oh, I'm actually, oh I, you know, just we just dress a little different. No. NFL research packet for the combine yes. is how many pages? 500? 600? Do you have it's a hard a copy, or you read it strictly on an iPad? Or I, this this year was strictly computer, mostly because I felt really guilty about them mailing it to me, because I have to like mail it and whatever. Like I, do, I wasn't you in don't office. feel guilty about printing it. You feel guilty about mailing well, it. Well, because I keep it for like years. I kind of yeah. love it. I kind of it's like a it becomes like a textbook that I like. Sure. I like love. So maybe I'll pick one up when I get back to the office. How much of it have you read? Um, you know, it's interesting because they're profiles of each of the players. Yeah. So, Skin. luckily, I. 
I've been getting to know the players for a long time, so I've been trying to go backwards and read the guys I don't know much about first. So I'll get through it all and then. But you know, the, like we already, I already, I already kind of know about Aiden Hutchinson, right? I don't, I don't need to reread that one. I, I can, I can start with the guys who I don't know or at a school that I don't have as much access to film for. You're especially curious about the tight ends here. Why is that? I think this is an awesome back of the draft tight end class. I think you're going to get. Saturday guys who are going to be contributors, I think we're going to see a few pop because tight end has totally changed. You're now asked, it, the colleges that have asked tight ends to both block and catch passes, they're they're figuring something out and they're going to be useful in the NFL. And I think it's kind of an undervalued position that's, that's increasing in value because linebackers are getting smaller to handle more passes. Defenses are getting smaller to, to handle more passes. They, we're all so pass happy. Well, these huge tight ends like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, that's a nice mismatch against a coverage linebacker okay I'll I'll take those seven or eight inches like of course of course I'll take that especially in the red area you have a favorite I do that Jelani Woods out of UVA uh-huh. he transferred from Oklahoma State where he was a blocker and then at UVA targeted more than 70 times the only tight end in the ACC to be targeted more than 70 times hauled in 44 598 and I think eight touchdowns I love him. Thank you so for I'm being. At the yeah. Thank you for being so nice to us. Oh my God! Always, you're the you're the best. You remember we worked together? <laughs> I love it. We the good old hand. days. The Jelani Woods boys are uh, our yep. tight end to watch out for. Thanks, Cynthia. Of course. Cynthia Freeland there, one of the best uh, at NFL Network. Love love her uh, behind the numbers coverage at NFL Network. Great job by PK as well. Uh, as he wraps up his coverage in Indianapolis and begins that long drive back to Nashville. Uh, I say long. It's not that long, but it's long to Paul, Chad. He's not flying. This, yeah. is, a, this is a man who would prefer to fly to Atlanta. This is, uh, if it's over an hour, Paul doesn't want to drive it, which is crazy for a guy you know who's from Jersey and lived in New York City where there's a lot of long commutes if you're in a car. But if it's, if it's yeah. more than an hour, Paul is not really willing to do it. Um, Cynthia is great. I think someone in her role that's such a numbers analytics driven person the ability to communicate that in an entertaining way in a way everyone can understand is the most important part of her job i think she does it very well hit us up on twitter at outkick360 um you can also join chad in the chat on youtube on a daily basis people still buzzing about kirby people are excited about kirby uh those who didn't know kirby before those who uh, now know kirby uh <laughs> i mean look it's it's an experience. It's, it's the Kirby, Alan Kirby experience every time. That could be the name of his album uh, that he cuts at some point. Um, did he also drop in there that he has been commissioned for uh, painting yeah. Yeah. from his wife? His ex-wife, ex-wife and the maid and the, yeah. the housekeeper, yeah. Just, I mean, every time there's something, there's a little nugget in there that you can mine from any Kirby conversation. Well, he can, pull, he can pull all this information out of that, that mind, uh, but he cannot remember David Reed's name. Yeah, he, he slipped up on that a bit. But to be fair, um, you know, Paul also said 1,001 Dalmatians well, that's, today. Well, and I also well, want to point Paul. out this. And this, this is, is Kirby who knows. Well, and, going, going back to the YouTube chat, and David Reed brought this up also, but multiple people calling out Paul for not just saying 1,001 Dalmatians, but saying Dalmatians <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> but is, why does he keep saying Dalmatians? And Paul. Uh, that's how he says it. Paul mistook uh, Corey for um, Tyler also. In that last segment, so uh, 0 for three. <laughs> well, well, not not 0 for though with the coverage. No, I, he was I, he was I, great. I thought, uh, coverage all week, uh, PK has been excellent. Um, I should not be giving Paul so much crap right now because he has done a fantastic job in Indy this week. So Daniel Jeremiah says that the number one pick 
is as wide open as ever in the history of the NFL draft based on the talent and how close the top-tier talent is uh, in this draft moving forward. There's going to be a lot of analysis uh, and, and critiques over the next several weeks leading up to the draft in late April. Um, Jeremiah says he thinks Kenny Pickett is his top quarterback. I like how he says thinks because there's still a lot of evaluation there. And I'm going to get to Pickett in just a moment. But here's the thing. He predicts eight edge rushers go in the first round. That's the position of premier talent, first-round talent, elite talent. The problem, though, is if you're Jacksonville or one of those top five positions, a lot of teams are in need of that pass rush help. But if you've got eight first-rounders, this not only is it a wide-open number-one pick, I'm not sure if we see, like in past years, the talk is, this guy, this team's going to trade. We're going to see uh, tons of trades tonight. Maybe we still do. But it's uh, the trades are not going to draw top dollar to move up in this first round if we see any at all. Because of that, I think most teams will just stick and pick. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and it's – so all those, those edge rushers, you know, you lump them all in. It's a deep class, a lot of first-round talent. Uh, who is the one that you know separates? Like, who's the guy that oh, we got to get this guy in the first two or three picks because he's elite. He's a little bit different from every other guy who may be first round capable, right? Um, is that you know Thibodeau? Is that who? Who exactly well, is that going to be? Want. Like, yeah. so so here's where we we sound like the draft the draft gurus, and I'm not trying to come across like this because I haven't watched uh, yeah. nearly as much as what I I will over the next couple of weeks. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is just a, to me, the downhill uh, bear at the line of scrimmage, right? Like, I'm thinking more of a, and it's too early to compare him to J.J. Watt, but more of like the the straight-line bull rush type guy. Quality effort, and he sustains that effort for four quarters. Like, he is at the top of this this draft class at his position. But then there's, you know, he's not, uh, here's where we sound like draft guys, bendy. You know, he's not bending off the edge like uh, Coach Dave McGinnis would tell us, the motorcycle lean, right? That's more of Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, but Thibodeau is also has that cocky confidence we, that, we, that we teams sat down will, with rub him. This the, is, will rub teams the wrong way. This is one we can comment on because we have sat down in L.A. on Radio Row with Kayvon Thibodeau. And I enjoyed the chat, but I'm looking I'm like, he he really thinks that he is – not just number one pick worthy. He thinks he is already one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. Because things, I think that's, uh, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that is because things have been easy for him. Yeah. And, and because of his talent. And I think it's just his personality. And but it's not going to be that easy. No, he came across as um, a UFC fighter or boxer yeah. that's won multiple belts. And is later in the career, or, is, with, or was with talking his way into a title fight. Yeah, it was like a, like a promotional type yeah. thing. Yep. Um, look, I, I I don't know. Uh, Dane Brugler said there's plenty of guys who focus on their brand and they're really good at football too. I mean, and both he things, is. Both things could happen. Absolutely. Um, I just find my found myself not always believing him. It, it was half and half. There were things he would look at me and say, and I would believe. And other times I'm thinking, is this a work? You're right. Uh, what is going on here? Do you believe what you're saying right now, or is this part of some promotion? I think he absolutely does. Um, So that was a little off-putting, and I'm sure that will be off-putting to some 
NFL general managers and, and teams, but not all of them. We uh, talk hand size, and we put Kenny Pickett's headline into perspective when we come back and preview the night ahead um, as we hit New York City to have some meetings for the Outkick Radio Network, but also relive an epic moment um, during our last trip together to New York City. More on that next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I was mocking Kenny Pickett's hand size being a headline to begin the show. And as we wrap up, um, I'm even falling for the trap. Uh, Kenny Pickett, his right hand was measured at eight and a half inches, which would be the smallest of any quarterback currently in the NFL, and that includes backups. Outkick 360 rolls on from New York inside the Brian Kilmeade studios of Fox News Radio. Kilmeade in the house with us. This has been sitting next to me uh, throughout the uh, the week here, and we were like, you know, we're wrapping up the the show. We've got We've got Kilmead on the show with us. A shout out to, to him and, and the great staff. Uh, Chad and I have been blown away by the hospitality here at 1211. So uh, thank you to everybody here at Fox. Yeah, Hollywood, uh, who helped set this up. Kelly Dixon, who's always a huge help to all things OutKick production. Uh, Jason and Todd, who are in studio with us this whole week. Uh, terrific throughout. Todd even said to us, the city's wide open to you guys from here on out. We'll so always be here for you. I, I take that <laughs> blessing uh, literally, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be back. So it, it's been a blast. And, again, it takes a lot of people to make something like this work with a split show. Uh, so we're thankful for all of them. And we're thankful for this guy right here, Brian Kilmeade. Absolutely. Uh, who we pay homage to as we uh, as we close out with the final segment. Chad, we, there was one place where we've made reservations this week, and it's at Butter, yeah. Alex Garnaschelli's restaurant here in town. It's right around the corner from where we're staying, and uh, it also holds a special place in our hearts because of an epic show moment um, where Paul set us up because he went to school with Alex, and it ended up being an epic night that we've told many times, countless times, as Keith Bullock, former Titans linebacker and Giants linebacker, joined us for dinner. Uh, and left before we did because of Chad's phone fiasco. We're going back tonight. Well, that's not altogether true. Um, look, tonight is a redemption tour, okay? This is there a, we go. This is a, a trip of redemption for me to Butter, fine establishment by Alex Garnaschelli. I love her work on Food Network, and I love her practical work with the food that she creates that we will consume tonight. What will not happen tonight, though, is because my cell phone is now wider than it was before, it will not fall into the cracks of this booth that I feel like was engineered to take my cell phone. Uh, that's how perfect this slot was for my cell phone to so fall there, in between there's this massive the booth, booth and the wall. And you step up to sit in the booth. So like, if you reach down between the seat and the wall, you can't reach the floor. That's how high off the floor you are. Yes. And that's where Chad's cell phone slipped down to, the crevices. Well, it's, it slipped down. So you guys, you guys left. Bullock was meeting other friends that showed up at the bar. So I was there, and you know Bullock's having a good time behind me, and I'm there with the maitre d', who's, at this point, he's got his jacket and tie off and his shirt, and he's got a tank top on, and he's fishing out my cell phone 
uh, with two <laughs> coat hangers that he's fashioned into into like the the, the grab it game you'd play. You know, with the but hook at, one, at one point that you try to get. He tried to stay very put together. Like he still yes. had his tie on. He had his jacket on. Eventually, you know, he's. He's very disheveled as he starts to dig for this cell phone. Well, he's doing this. He's sweaty. You know, I'm sweaty because I'm having to watch this, and it's my phone that's causing this huge disturbance at this nice restaurant. We got Tarantino two booths over, yeah. laughing at it. Yeah. Uh, Alex Quentin Alex Garnashelli comes out laughing at you. She's got the full chef's outfit on. She walks out at one point and looks over at the situation and says, "Oh, this thing is still happening. This is still going." <laughs> and I, I, I'm telling everyone, I will come back tomorrow. If we need to crack this bad boy open to get it, I got to get my phone one way or the other. But I'll come back tomorrow, and this beautiful man somehow pulled it off where he got my Very phone. Very talented, and uh, we're good to go. We will post on Outkick social media and our own social media tonight. Oh yes, a photo of this booth so you can understand what we're you saying. Know, maybe we walk in and we see Rob Lowe sitting in that booth tonight, and we say, "Excuse me, sir." Um you mind stepping out so we could reenact something? I'm going to need you to get out of this booth. I know that you reserved this booth, but you're going to have to leave now because this is officially our booth. I'm not having any fun. I need yeah. you to leave. Yes. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> so we're headed back to Butter. Uh, we wish PK was with us for this trip. Um, but I'm back in Nashville tomorrow, and we'll be recapping said visit tonight on uh, Chad's reenactment. Chad's headed to Tampa. He's headed, uh, he's headed to Florida to enjoy a nice bachelor party. Congrats to Ryan. Tell everyone we said hello. Huge congrats to him, and uh, congrats to me for uh, embarking on this long, long <laughs> Congratulations, week. Congratulations, Chad. Long and joyous week, yes. Uh, shout out to everybody who made this this trip happen, from Fox, but also our crew at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine there. Uh, the show always goes on there, and the entire staff and crew of the, the OutKick team made it work this week uh, with, uh, I thought, uh, great coverage on both ends as we... Tried to uh, seesaw coverage, wraparound coverage uh, from New York and from Indianapolis. Paul and Corey absolutely crushed it at the NFL Combine. And uh, we hope to do the same tomorrow as we will talk with Trey Wallace. We will uh, chat with Bobby Carpenter. We will talk with Brent Hubbs of VolQuest.com. All of that and more for OutKick 360. Thanks to everybody. Catch you you tomorrow right here on the OutKick Network. And... Follow us at Outkick360. Find out what we get into tonight as uh, Chad hopefully doesn't lose his cell phone again at a very nice fine. It's a night of redemption, everyone. It's a night of redemption. Back at it. Hit the podcast.